Hey, this is Pastor John Ryan Cantu from Numa Church in Houston, Texas. Thank you for listening to the message today. I hope that it blesses you and all those that you share it with. God bless you. Only give God some praise one more time. Come on, to break the silence. Break the silence. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. It's, it's good to be here on another Sunday morning. Amen. Worshiping the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. I am ready to listen to a word this morning. I am, I'm not going to be bringing the word. Um, we were able to get away this week, my, my family and I, for, for a much needed, you know, uh, family time and a little bit of a vacation. Went about six hours away to, uh, South Padre. And let me just tell you, man, the, the, the water there, way better than what we've got, you know, 45 minutes south, praise God. And, and so we, we had a good time and, and we, we rested and, uh, it's, it's always good to do that. And I really wanted to, to bring the word, but I said, man, if I do that, I'm going to have to take a, a few days, a couple days from my, my family. And I really just wanted to, um, just pour into family time this week. That is very important, very important. So I asked brother Renee to bring a word, and I know that he is going to uh, deliver it as he's done many times before. Uh, brother, thank you again. Come on. Amen. God bless you, church. It's good to be in the house of God once again. It's been, uh, I think it's been a while since I've been here uh, preaching God's word, but I'm excited today uh, because I'm always excited when I get the opportunity because it's always a privilege to share God's word. And um, well, this week was was a busy week for me, uh, but it, it's it's always good. I like busy weeks because it gives me focus uh, on the things that I need to do, and I, and I stay busy. And and when I say busy, I think I I, I mean things that I work for God. You know, I work for his kingdom. And uh, that's actually the message that I want to share with you this morning or today. And uh, for the past few days, I th- there has been this, this phrase in my head and in my mind. And I'm not sure why it just, it just came, right? But, but it's, it's a phrase you guys are very familiar with it. And it just happened to appear on my head. The kingdom of God, it's at hand. And I've heard it many times. So I just thought, okay, it, it's a nice phrase. Cool, you know, praise God, you know, it's nice. But then I, I kind of tried to ignore it, but then it just kept coming, you know, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, on and on. And uh, everywhere I looked, I was, I was opening my Bible, and, and there it was in, in a different form, but it was still the same message, the kingdom of God. So I thought, uh, you know, why do I keep seeing this everywhere? And I, and I was listening to some preaching, and there they mentioned it, you know, the kingdom of God. Maybe they have been doing it for a long time, and I was just not paying attention. But it has been there, that, this phrase. And, uh, you know... I was like, I'm probably going to see this kingdom of heaven on the side of the road on this one of those big uh, announcements or exit one mile, kingdom of God, something like that. Uh, But there it was. So I said, okay, I think maybe God wants me to talk about his kingdom. 
And talking about his kingdom of God, it's, it's challenging for me. Uh, I don't know why, but I always have a hard time, you know, explaining what the kingdom of God means. So with the help of God, um, I did some study and I thought, okay, maybe this is what God wants me to share to his people today. So that's what I did. So I sat down, took my computer, my Bible, a couple of commentaries. So I began my study, and I was like, okay, now what? What, what do I say about the kingdom of God? And uh, I thought, well, I think, you know, the church, is, they're already familiar with this phrase. I'm sure they know what the kingdom of God means. I, I, I don't know if I can tell them anything new. So I was there struggling for a while, and then I came across this verse. And this is going to be the reading of God's word this morning. And I, um, I'm going to ask you to open your Bibles to the book of John, the Gospel of John, chapter 18, verses 36 and 30 through 37. And this is right before Jesus' crucifixion. John, the Gospel of John, chapter 18, verses 36 through 37. And I'm going to be reading it, and you follow along. And I'm going to be reading from the New American Standard Version this morning. We're the Nasby mind people. That's my people right there. Yeah, we're Nasby uh, guys. That's, that's the right translation, FYI. <laughs> so if you've been using something else, you've been reading everything wrong. I'm just kidding. John chapter 18, verses 36 to 37, it says, My kingdom is not of this world, says Jesus. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants will fight so that I wouldn't be handed over the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. You are a king then? Pilate asked. You said that I am a, a king, Jesus replied. I was born for this, and I have come into this world for this, to testify to the tr truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Would you pray with me this morning? Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for giving us this time, this opportunity to share your word. And this morning, I just pray, God, that it, it will be you, the one who speak through your servant. Every word that comes out of my mouth, God, I want it to come from you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So as I begin my study, uh, I did some research. And I have a program in my computer. It's called Bible Works. And I can type. Uh, I can look up. I have different translations, uh, different languages, too. And I can type a word, and it looks it up for me. So I type in the kingdom of heaven. That's the one I prefer. So I put kingdom of heaven, put enter, and I got 74 hits. So 74 times on the New Testament, it says the kingdom of heaven. And it's mostly from, from the book of Matthew. And Matthew, uh, I mean, probably the reason why he uses kingdom of heaven, because Matthew was a Jew. And for a Jew, it's, it's out of respect to say God's name. They won't say God's name. So they say kingdom of heaven. But I think they mean the same thing. And then I also put kingdom of God, and I hit enter. And I got 133 hits. So 133 times it says kingdom of God. And 74 times kingdom of heaven. But they both are talking to the same thing. They both are talking to the kingdom of God. 
And uh, so that's a little bit over 200 times that the New Testament, this is only in the New Testament, that says kingdom of God or kingdom of heaven. So the kingdom of God was the central message of Jesus' ministry. And when he began to preach, he told the Jews, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's on Matthew chapter 4. Right before, I mean, right after Jesus uh, was in the wilderness, when he was tempted, he came down and he began to preach. And this is the first thing that he said. The kingdom of God, is, of, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He proclaimed the gospel of the kingdom of throughout Galilee, and he did it with a sense of purpose and urgency. And he even says on chapter 4 of Luke, he, says, he, says, he said it this way, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns as well, for I was sent for this purpose. So Jesus' purpose when he came into this world was to preach his kingdom, to preach a kingdom of God. So after Jesus' death and resurrection, he continued to teach his disciples about the kingdom until his ascension to heaven. And that's exactly what they did. All the apostles, they carried the message of the kingdom throughout the Roman Empire. And we see this more clear and, and specifically or especially in the missionary journeys of Paul. If you have read some of the letters of Paul, you will notice how he approached his congregation so Paul's custom was to go into the Jewish synagogues and persuade them concerning the kingdom of God. Paul wrote to his new converts about the kingdom of God. Every single time he wrote a letter to them, he always mentioned the kingdom of God. This is the central message for every newborn. So this was a message that the disciples were to share throughout the world. And it's the same message that you and I were given. And it's the same message that we ought to proclaim every single day of our, of our lives. The kingdom of God, it's on hand because it is. And that kingdom of God is living in within us. So we should live as, as, as uh, citizens of this kingdom. So what is this kingdom of God? That's the first question I came across as I was doing my study. So let's just define um, what a kingdom is. So a kingdom, it's a nation, right? It's ruled by a king. Those living in a kingdom are called subjects. This world signifies that they are under the authority of this king. They owe him their loyalty and obedience. They also are called citizens, which means that they have a right to live in this kingdom because they were either born in it or naturalized into the kingdom. So the king is responsible for making the laws and for taking care of those under his rule. The laws of a kingdom form the foundation of its culture. A culture is a set of shared beliefs and practices that identify the group of people who follow them. Now, the kingdom of God, as we just mentioned, it has the same elements that we just said. The king, obviously, is Jesus. You know that. The king is Jesus. And the subjects are those who have been saved. We call them Christians. That's us. We owe Jesus our loyalty and obedience. So that means that we are citizens of the kingdom of God because we have been born again. Jesus has laws for this kingdom. Um, he calls it the law of love. And in Galatians 6.2, it says, Bear one another's burden and so fulfill the law of Christ. So this law, loving God and loving others, forms the foundation of the kingdom's culture. 
In fact, John chapter 13 says that by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So this is the most important law of God's kingdom, to love God first and to love others. And the Bible says that this is how people are going to know that we are part of this kingdom, that we are his disciples if we love one another. So this is the kingdom of God. And God has always wanted to have a kingdom of people who live in a loving relationship with him and one another. This has been God's plan since the beginning. And to put this kingdom in perspective, we have to understand how it came about and how it works. So let's go like before the beginning. Uh, before God created man, he created angels. And he also created Lucifer. Um, he was uh, the chief among all the angels. Okay. So Lucifer means, means the shining one. Lucifer was a very, a very beautiful angel. And he became, uh, and because of his position that he had in God's kingdom, he thought that he could be like God. Or he, you know, at some point he thought that he could be better than God. And that was probably his biggest mistake, thinking that he could be more than God because of the way God created him. He was a beautiful. Um, and even though he was able to convince one-third of the angels to join him in his rebellion. He did not succeed. We know that. And so he was removed from his position and he was kicked out of heaven. And um, I came across this verse and it's, it's very important to know this. In Luke chapter 10, verses 18, it says that Jesus was there when Lucifer fell from heaven like lightning. And he doesn't call, call him Lucifer anymore. He calls him Satan Right, because God changed his name. God always changed your name according to your character, the way you behave. So Luke chapter 10 is very important because we know that Jesus was present during the time when Satan was kicked out of heaven. So he was there. So now we know that Jesus has been for all eternity, even before he was born. So after Satan was kicked out of heaven, God decided to create mankind. And established the first earthly kingdom by giving Adam dominion over the entire creation. Now, when Adam and Eve were in the garden, God allowed them to make their own choices. We call this free will. So God put two trees in the garden. He put the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And God warned them. He told them about the consequences if they were to eat of this tree of knowledge of good and evil. So basically God told them, here's the tree of life. This is the tree you want to eat because I want you to have a loving relationship with me, you know, for all eternity. But if you want to do it on your own, that's basically what he said. Here's the tree of knowledge of good and evil. You want to learn it on your own? You want to live your life on your own? Go ahead. But there's going to be consequences. And we all know the story, right? He took the tree that he was not supposed to. And now here we are on 2020, facing the worst things that you can imagine. So thank you, Adam. Um, that could have happened to anybody. So, right? So because of Adam's sin, he forfeited his authority to Satan. And on John chapter 12, uh, the Bible says that Satan is ru the ruler of this world. 
God had allowed, has allowed him to rule over this world. So as a result, every person born into this world is enslaved by Satan and under God's wrath. So God's purpose in sending Jesus was to end Satan's dominion over the world, provide a way for people to be redeemed by Satan's enslavement, and to restore his kingdom to his, to his original state. So it is very important to understand what Jesus said in John chapter 18 when he says that his kingdom, basically he said first, I am a king and my kingdom is not of this world. So think about that uh, for a moment. When he says, my kingdom is not of this world. Um, and uh, so if you own your house, Okay, let's say you, you have you paid your house, is your house. Let's say that you are the king, right, or the queen of this house, of your house. And I can go to your house and tell you, uh, you know what, brother, I don't like the color of your paint. But you're going you're gonna to be like, I really don't care what you say because it's my house, right? I'm the king, I'm the queen, I can do whatever I want. And that's true. Whatever I say, it doesn't really matter. That's my problem because it's your house. You're the king. You have rules in this house, right? But most of us have teenagers in the house, right? Can I get an amen? Pray for those teenagers. Not the teenagers from this church, other churches. So you have teenagers in your house, and you know what it's like to have rebellion in the kingdom, right? In your kingdom, you know what it's like to have rebellion because, right, kick them out. They, want, uh, they can start working, get their own house. Right? So they, they want to establish their own rules in your house where you are the king. And that's exactly what happened when Satan tried to rule God's kingdom. He tried to take over because he wanted to be like that, those teenagers. But sadly, it's the same thing that's happening in our world. Because uh, God wanted to have a kingdom ruled by him. But he ended up with a bunch of teenagers who wants to rebel against his kingdom. And sadly, some of those kingdoms are Christians. Because they, uh, they want to live in God's kingdom. But they want to bring the rules of this world into his kingdom. And then they want God to give him an okay. That it's okay to have the rules of this world and still live in God's kingdom. That is not possible, church. God has done. Uh, so uh, God's intention since the beginning was to have a kingdom with all of us. But that didn't work out. Uh, so what God has done in the, in, uh, is that he set up a kingdom like we said, and he ended up with rebellion. Some of us are rebellious. A lot of people today are rebelling against God. They, they want God's blessings, but they don't want to submit to the king. And, uh, and just, like the, just like parents in a house, you know, they take responsibility. Uh, God is the same way. He takes responsibility of his kingdom. So when Jesus makes this statement, my kingdom is not of this world. It's important that we understand that Jesus is not saying that his kingdom is not in this world. He's saying my kingdom is not of this world. It means that its source, where it comes from, 
its authority is not of this world. That doesn't mean that his kingdom is not here. So, for example, when you're on a cruise or in a boat, in the water, you want the boat in the water, but you want the water in the boat. You understand? God said, you are of my kingdom. You're living in this world, but you're not of this world. That is what Jesus was trying to say when he said, my kingdom is not of this world. And that's why the Bible talks so much about worldliness, because worldliness simply means any word, attitude, or behavior that contradicts God's word. And that's how we want to live, but still want to be part of God's kingdom. And the problem we're facing today is that just like a teenager who wants to set their new, their rules in their parents' house, many people want to bring those world rules into God's kingdom. So Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. Uh, <clears throat> that is a powerful statement because uh, sometimes we get a little too comfortable in, in this world. And I thought that for, for moments, you know, when God said, my kingdom is not of this world. And uh, because the, 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 since the beginning, God wanted to have this loving relationship with every single one of us. And uh, so as long as we understand, church, that this is not, this is not our home. We're just passing through. God, something, God, God has something more greater for all of us. And uh, I'm about to finish. You know that I don't preach too long. So I'm going to ask Will to help us with the, with the keyboard. But I just want to leave this clear in our, in our hearts. And, and I hope I told you something new. I hope you learned something today because I, I did. And I struggled with this subject. But I think the main idea here is I read this many, many times as I was studying. My kingdom is not of this world, Jesus said. This is not our home. Our home is greater than this. God, God has something much, much greater than this world. We're just passing through here. And I was thinking about this illustration I, I heard. And uh, it's very simple. It says that just like a scuba diver who goes in the water, he wants to go in, in the water and, you know, he puts in his back a tank of uh, oxygen because when he goes in the water, he needs to breathe. So basically, he's going under, he's going into another world where he doesn't belong. It's a different world for him. And in order for him to survive in this world, underwater, he needs this tank of oxygen. So in the same way, church, if we want to survive in this church, I'm, I'm sorry, if we want to survive in this world, we need this tank of oxygen in, in, in us because we're not going to be able to do it. And that tank of oxygen is the Holy Spirit. If you don't have that in your heart, you're going to die. Because this world is not for us. We're a part of a much greater world. It's a kingdom. And in this kingdom, the king is Jesus. And that is enough. As long as we know that Jesus is the king of this world that we are part of, that's enough for us. And I'm going to ask you to stand with me. And I want to pray for all of us. But first, I want to ask you to close your eyes and bow your heads. And I want to ask you guys something. <clears throat> Maybe this morning there's somebody over here that is probably hearing this for the first time. And he's hearing about a kingdom, a kingdom of God. 
maybe somebody here is hearing this for the first time is thinking I would like to be part of this kingdom so I just want to tell you if that's you this morning Jesus welcomes you into the kingdom he says all you have to do is be born again that's what you need to do you need to receive Jesus into your heart and you will become part of this kingdom so with all of your eyes closed and heads bowed If that's you this morning, someone is here this morning, wants to be part of the kingdom, would you raise your hand and we're going to pray for you. Amen. I see one hand. Praise God. Praise God. Two hands. Amen. So I'm going to ask you right there where you are. I want to ask you to say this prayer. And all you need to do is be sincere. That's all you have to do. Heavenly Father. Thank you for the message that you have bring to get today. I would like to be part of this kingdom. So I, I just want to ask you to forgive of my sins. I want to ask you that you will receive me into your kingdom. Thank you, Heavenly Father, because I believe that you have done it already. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Pastor. Thanks for listening. If you'd like some more information on Numa Church, visit us on our website at mynumachurch.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with your friends on social media and tag us at mynumachurch. Thanks again and God bless.